Welcome to Nine Bob Notes with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul. And I'm Ken. Good afternoon, Ken. Good afternoon, Paul. It's your turn this week. You're in the driving seat. What have you got? The power of the doctor. I did not see that one coming. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, we, as we record it, last night was the uh, the broadcast of the latest Doctor Who episode, The Power of the Doctor, which was also part of the celebrations for the BBC's centenary. It was also a farewell to our good friend Chris Chibnall and also to Jodie Whittaker's 13th Doctor. <laughs> We sort of were messaging each other. We both watched it live or mm. live-ish, didn't we? Which is quite unusual. So I think we both know kind of what we're going to be saying about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I am going to say is I am going to come out swinging for this uh, I, because <laughs> only because I know that when it gets the Exton Moss treatment. So for our listeners who may not be aware, Ken is not a monogamous podcaster <laughs> no I, I do see all the podcasts behind paul's back <laughs> and and one of the well, i think the original one is the exton moss it is the very first one I, I was involved with yes excellent and it's still going strong having recently just released your 100th episode we've had our centenary as well yes we do that with simon exton who's guested with us on nbn he has usually the uh, more drunk versions of the <laughs> there are several editions of the pod that we've never released because they're just incoherent mm. uh, usually quite arguey <laughs> and yeah. brexity and long and long yeah. and, and uh, in which you don't appear at all <laughs> yeah yeah so i i have a feeling that when this episode of doctor who gets the exton moss treatment that there will be a little bit more vitriol Yes, but a bit more expert analysis. Whereas I'm gonna, I'm gonna come at it as just someone who just likes watching Doctor Who. So, but what did you think? Um, I spent eighty nine of the ninety minutes angry <laughs> at what he's done to the program. The plot itself was rubbish, uh, largely because. Let's take every single idea that everybody's ever had and put it into 90 minutes Mm. and try and pass it off as my own. Let's bring back a load of characters that no one was particularly fond of last time, throw them into the mix, and the Daleks, and the Cybermen, and the Master, and see what happens. Well, writing a good story isn't just hurling everything you've got into the mix. So the story itself was utter rubbish, uh, largely because I don't know what it was. No. However... Uh, I do have to admit, you. I was about five or ten minutes <laughs> behind you. We had technical problems and I couldn't get it to start. <laughs> you did say, wow. <laughs> and I thought, right, what's coming up? And then uh, the master appears in a sort of conglomerate doctor costume yeah. with bits and pieces. And I thought, oh, well, that's a nice touch. That's, that must be what he meant. No. <laughs> it was the reappearance of all the 1980s and 90s doctors. And it was lovely. It was yeah. it was genuinely genuinely lovely. I I've slagged Christian off <laughs> to the hilt. He's finally got something right. All the scenes with the old doctors they were beautiful. 
Yeah. And they were sympathetic and they tied up a couple of loose ends. And it was nice to see the old doctors, as they are now, they no attempt to de-age them <laughs> or anything, interacting with their old companions from the 80s. And it was lovely. And plus we get Paul McGann as the eighth doctor. Yeah. Yes, that, that was great. Who finally, at the age of 63, I think, Paul McGann, he's finally just about started to show the first signs of ageing. <laughs> There's one with a painting in the attic. <laughs> um, but on the whole, the thing was a mess. As ever, four-fifths of it was spent setting up the plot <laughs> and then uh, frantically in the last five minutes trying to resolve it a bit unsatisfactorily. And, and also he realised that he'd run out of time to resolve all of the stories. Several of them just got, <laughs> got brushed, got completely ignored. I think it did suffer a little bit from the fact that it wasn't just let's have a special episode of Doctor Who. Is let's have a special episode of Doctor Who to celebrate the centenary of the BBC. And so I think, I guess that's why there was so much in it, because it was like, well, we can't have a, a centenary episode without the Daleks. We can't have it without Sam. But as you say, it was a mess because none of it made sense. <laughs> well, it shows up the cosmic difference between writers of the past, people like Stephen Moffat, who did The Day of the Doctor, Mm. Oh, that was littered with references from the past, but it was so skillfully done. That yeah. was a real celebration of, uh, at the time, the past 50 years. And there were people like Terence Dix, who was a big writer in the, the original run. He did The Five Doctors, which was the 20th anniversary. And that had Cybermen and Daleks and all the old Doctors thrown into it. But they managed to get a story in there as well. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't difficult to follow. It was It was there. So... I'm a believer, certainly after the day of the Doctrine, that less is more. The story yeah. should be there and it should be a thread linking the narrative together. But when you've got so many characters in it, you cannot find something for all of them to do. No. What did the Daleks do? They had a drill. Yeah. But, but- They'd been to B&Q and got something <laughs> that started volcanoes. Yeah. I mean, that was just weird because you have the Master, you have the Sidemen who were like ultra engineers but it's the Daleks who build a drill to cause the earthquakes and cause the volcanoes to go off. But I wasn't actually sure what the point of the volcanoes was. No. They were trying to convert everyone, not boil them alive. Yes. So, yeah, it didn't make any sense. No, it was very silly. And we've seen stories before with the Daleks and Cybermen, mm-hmm. the the one at the Torchwood Institute. Oh, uh, the, uh, the Army of Ghosts. The Army of Ghosts. Which, again, was a little bit mental. But at least there was there was a reason for them all being there. Yeah. This was... I, mean, I don't even think there was any explanation as to why the Master had brought them together. Beyond some vague reference to him having his own fam. Yeah. Mm. But even that, it, there was a, everything witty in it was stolen from somebody else. Mm. Now, there was a story from the William Hartnell era called The Daleks' Master Plan. Yeah. And it has been parodied by fans, and I think actually there is a, a genuine officially licensed story called The Master's Dalek Plan. It's been done. Yeah. You can't nick that joke and claim it as your own, mate, because someone's <laughs> done. So it was little bits and pieces that have just been stolen from somewhere else. The mm. whole tenth planet in the solar system thing full of Cybermen, it's been done yeah. by somebody, and better. Oh, the thing was listen. I'm going to have to watch it again, I know, because mm. if only for all the old bits. Yeah. The old bits were, were beautifully done. I know Simon out there will be listening somewhere in Listenerland. 
They got Ian Chesterton back, yeah. the very first companion, all the way back from 1963. He's 97 now, yeah. William Russell, and looking very well off it, actually. <laughs> so that last bit where they got all the old companions together in a room, sort of lost time travellers, that I actually thought, that's quite nice. You've got the potential yeah. there for a good spin-off. Yes, it was. It was really sweet. Uh, someone also points out on Twitter today that in the in the room because it was in Croydon mm. as a as a nod to Sarah Jane, mm-hmm. uh, but there was also an empty chair in the room because obviously Sarah Jane couldn't be there. Yes, uh, or Ryan. Uh, who, uh, <laughs> that was really funny because she did ask at one point, where's Ryan? And I don't think anyone even answered. <laughs> it just like, who's Ryan? <laughs> one thing that I also found really strange was the John Bishop character, Dan. Now, I believe it's possibly because he was touring and not available for filming for the whole time. But it just felt a bit strange that he was written out right at the start of the episode. He just decided, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And left. And you think, well, that's, you know, he's obviously going to focus on the Doctor and Yaz. It's going to be them for the rest of the episode. And so the first thing that she then does is go and fills the TARDIS up with hundreds of other people, including Vinda, who still nobody knows what what the point of him is. And so I just don't understand why John Bishop couldn't have just stayed and done the Vinda bit. It's difficult to get enthused about any of the characters, (laughs) the original characters, because they've not been explained or explored. They've just been hurled in there. Yeah. Uh, The themes, I mean, the one thing we're skirting around, I suppose, and uh, very apt for this podcast, (laughs) is Thasmin. Ah, yes. Which, uh, pink news I noticed today on the day of recording. Um, What did they call it? Um, Not whipping or... There's a, a word that I suppose I could look up. Stripping? No. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, shippers. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Could you explain that term to me? Yeah. So shipping is a term where fa- fans of usually TV programs pick two characters they want to be together in a relationship and so ah, they ship them. Right. And yeah, they obviously have been shipping Yasmin and the Thirteenth Doctor, or Thasmin, as we. Um, as we discussed in an earlier episode, I actually thought that part of it was handled pretty well because there's been all the the build-up and the will-they-won't-they. And at the end of the last episode, the Doctor sort of said, in a very convoluted, (laughs) uh, unnecessary way, it's not going to happen. We're just going to be friends. Let's just make the most of being friends. And at the start of this episode, although... It looked like Yaz was going to be oh, going to spend the whole episode banging on about it, but she didn't. Mm. And I think that the fact that she sort of accepted it and they were just going to be friends, I thought that can that made it a, a bit sweeter. And there's been there's been a lot of stuff mainly on Pink News today about uh, oh, the fans have been left devastated that they didn't get to see them kiss. And it's like well, well, that wouldn't have made any sense because she told them it's not going to happen. And I think the way that they. Uh, they ended that particular story was quite quite well done without too much dragging it out. I honestly thought when the final scene where they're on top of the TARDIS eating mm. ice cream, I honestly thought that was going to be it. They're going to lean in for a kiss at this point. Yeah. Thank God they didn't. Yes, it was the right choice. So having built up and built up <laughs> this terrible premise that's hung over the certainly the last series... I'm glad that wasn't played out. I just don't want the Doctor to be that person, no. male, female or other. Uh, and then we, I suppose, we come on to the regeneration. Yeah. I have to say, 
in the build-up, particularly in that last, the third act, of, if you will, of the episode, which uh, in traditional Chibnall style was the last five minutes <laughs> of the 19 episode. Uh, I thought Jodie Whittaker's performance was outstanding. I thought she was brilliant. She got some lines. She got to do some stuff, which actually, as it turns out, the lines, especially her, her final lines, uh, weren't actually what Chris Chibnall had written for her. <laughs> they, were, they were changed. In really? The edit. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, because the, the person who was editing it said, I don't think this works. And so they changed it. And I think they changed it for the better because I thought it was really cool. But just you could definitely tell that she was she was giving her all. Mm. So it was it was quite a good way to go. I, I thought the regeneration itself was lovely. The look of it standing on mm. the cliff and very nice. And also, her last line, I like that, tag, you're it. <laughs> I do feel the hand of Russell T. Davis in there. Mm. Uh, because all of a sudden, the dialogue was much improved. Yes. I've got to concur with you on that, because as soon as she'd finally scraped Yaz off her boots, <laughs> all of a sudden, there was a different ambience that yeah. you could see her as the Doctor. For yes. the fr- Pity they left it to the last yeah. scene. <laughs> but you could see this lonely woman time traveller, mm. which is what the Doctor's always been, and it's the first time we've seen her. It's yes. The rest of the time she's been a bit unsure, a bit, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And not in control at all. And the last sort of, this is something I need to do on my own. Right, fuck off now. Yeah. <laughs> off your pop. <laughs> yes. You're being friend-zoned. <laughs> And then, of course, there was the regeneration. Shock horror, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Into David Tennant, um, who's, who is now the 14th Doctor. Yes. It's been confirmed today that yeah. Shooter Gatway is actually the 15th Doctor. So I'm not overly happy about it. I think mm. um, it's a bit of a lazy way of reintroducing a series. Because, yeah, all right, David Tennant's very popular, but it's sort of saying, in order to, to get people back on side, we need to bring back someone that's already had a crack at it. Yeah. Um, I can see why, and I don't know how it's going to play out. It just seems a little bit lazy. Uh, You've used a regeneration, a third regeneration (laughs) form on David Tennant. He's already played two Doctors. So, uh, yeah, interesting choice. Uh, But at least I suppose it tidies up a piece of continuity where Shooty Gatwa fits in and why. But I was completely expecting David Tennant to appear, and he did. Yes, yeah. I kind of get it because it's the 60th anniversary. But then why couldn't they have done a series or like half a series with Shooty Gatwa and then had the 60th anniversary? Why do we have to wait over a year? They've already filmed it. So, you know. Well, I think next year it's been confirmed that there's three episodes with mm, David Tennant in. Yeah, but they're all going to be in November. Are they? Yeah, that's what it said on the uh, the press release. And then Shooty Gatwa's first full episode will be during the festive season next year. I kind of thought that they would have the three episodes spread throughout the year. Yeah. So unless that's just been lost in translation or something. It would be nice if they were spread throughout. Yeah, I'd prefer, I'd prefer it to be spread out. The, uh, but we'll just have to see. It's, uh, it's RTD. Uh, there's any number of surprises that he can spring. <laughs> Uh, in fact, the whole of The Power of the Doctor really felt like all the tricks that Russell T. Davis or <laughs> Stephen Moffat would pull. Yes. It's just a pity Chris Chibnall left it to the very last minute. Yeah. And one of the other things is he has spent the whole time building up this timeless child pre-Hartnell Doctor nonsense 
which didn't get mentioned at all in this episode, which I'm not mad about because I, I, I hated the story, but the only sort of reference to it was Joe Martin. Yeah, but, but she was just a, a figment, a figment of yeah. imagination. So I don't know. I, please, Russell T. Davis, unpick that particular knot. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just not going to go away. He needs to get rid of that one. Hmm. One question I have for you as a Doctor Who expert, uh, and perhaps this is just Russell T. Davis making the rules up as he goes along. How come the Doctor's clothes regenerated? I thought you were going to ask that. There is a precedent for that. When William Hartnell regenerated, his clothes changed mm. at the time. It never happened again, but there is a, it, it has happened. It so it's, oh, except for uh, Tom Baker's boots regenerated into shoes. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, there we go. So, uh, but yeah, there is a precedent for that. So it's not entirely. I can I can deal with that as well. You can headcanon that away. Although for new viewers, that's going to be as it is for you. Um, Excuse me. What What's all this about? I just thought Russell. He's either must. He either has a really good reason for it because. I thought he would have had a lot of fun putting David Tennant in Jodie Whittaker's clothes. <laughs> maybe maybe David Tennant just said, no, that is not happening. Yeah, he would have looked ridiculous. It would have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it stood on a clifftop, all that majesty um, <laughs> swept away with with David Tennant in three-quarter pants and a rainbow <laughs> jumper and an earring in. Um, yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah we'll, we'll let him off. Looking like a backing singer with culture club. So, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Um, overall, no, I didn't enjoy it. No, it's, <laughs> I can't lie. It was rubbish. The only it's it's so telling that the only bits I really genuinely thought were brilliant is all the stuff with the old doctors because they just leapt off the screen. They absolutely shone. You just wanted more of them. Yes. I, I could have happily had a whole episode with them all as they were, as as ghosts from the past. Maybe the Doctor walking through her own, well, coming to the end of her life or whatever, just having a reflective moment and all these old Doctors kept popping up in mm. scenarios to to have a chat with her. And it was just a, a bit of a self-indulgent episode. Yeah. For and the fans, rather. But it, it, it's what Simon and I des- uh, describe as fan wank. Yeah, it's, and he's always done that. He's not it's all the stuff that a fan would write in Doctor Who mm. and that everything that any sort of producer from the past, be it books, audios, TV, would have landed on the desk. Got this brilliant story for Doctor Who. Yeah, uh, it's rubbish. It's all... <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 we're, not, we're not making that. <laughs> uh, Chris Chibnall's got the crayons out and it's like, well, I can write it now because I'm in charge. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. It was, I thought that if... They had the story with the master deciding that he wants the doctor to regenerate into him, force the regeneration, whatever, do that, and then spend some time when she has died with the old doctors. Mm. Then that's all the nod backs that you need. You don't need to bring in classic villains who don't do anything and those stupid regenerating cyber monstrosities that nobody enjoyed. And also, although I did think it was quite funny, the only reason why they made the master Rasputin was so they could play that Boney M song, which... which and the Dalek and the Sideman looked at each that, other. That was very what funny. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, which, which sort of summed up the reaction of the entire audience, I think. But that was just a bit silly. And again, 
not the first time that that's been done, even with the master. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, because they had the whole uh, voodoo child yeah. sounded wrong thing. It was just done better mm. uh, and more sinister. The way he did it, it was cringeworthy. It's <laughs> yeah. not even uh, an unsettling madman. This is just someone who's, who's script edited this, thought, yes, that'll be, uh, oh, that'll look great on yeah, the screen. Yeah, and, and it And you get it on screen and, yeah, you... This scene's going on a bit longer yeah, than it. You don't can. have to play the whole song. <laughs> I love that song, <laughs> and you're murdering every. <laughs> I thought, as a watcher of Doctor Who, I thought it was it was fun, and it's always nice to have an episode where there's things in it, and you go, ah. Oh, mm. you know, and things like that. It would have been nice if some of the stuff had been taken out to make way for a plot, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I suppose is not too much to ask. That said, I think, <laughs> although it's not, it's not a hardly glowing praise, it was definitely the best episode of the Chris Chibnall era. <laughs> um, it's very difficult to disagree with that, yes. Uh Yes, it was the best episode of the past f- five years. Yeah, it's five years since she was announced. Oh. Bless her. Anyway, it's all over. It's all over. And also, the, the three-second clip of Shooty Gatwa going, can somebody tell me what the hell's going on? I thought he immediately grabbed the screen then. I mean, he might be rubbish. <laughs> you I, know, I would the rest have of it, but. liked to have seen more of him, yeah. to be honest. That, if you're going to trail, barely a trailer at all for... It's difficult to get enthused mm. with something when... I know now Russell C. Davis is going to milk this for all it's worth oh, over yeah. the next 12 months. And... Understandably. And understandably, <laughs> yes, very understandably. And uh, it'll be magnificently done. Yes. So I'm looking forward to the future now. And it's in safe hands. I think the only thing that was missing from last night... Well, two things. One was a companion called Polly from the 1960s. Mm who I believe she was unavailable for some reason. Okay. Her recording dates clashed. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> not commenting. Um, and Tom Baker, who yes. couldn't, they did ask, but couldn't make it. So, but he is 88 now and he's looking quite frail. Yeah. Uh, but that would have been, I was expecting him to turn up later in the episode as a sort of grand reveal. Uh, yeah. Just as the regeneration took place or something, but no. No, he is looking quite frail. Yes, he does look gaunt. Um, he's never been a frail man. No. He's a big bull of a man. <laughs> and even sort of nine years ago when he, he did his Day of the Doctor cameo, he was this great statue, nearly 80 years old by that point. He was a big blow, but now he looks old, mm. very, very old. So well, that, that will be a black day. <laughs> oh, there won't be oh, tears. No. It, that'll be queen level there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, uh, I think we. I mean, we could we could talk about this uh, all night. I'm sure. And frequently have yes. in the future. Uh, but let's feather bow it up. Um. Well, it's a regeneration episode, and they're always even beyond the confines of fandom. It's a landmark television event. Mm. It's just one of those events that even if the public don't watch it, they're aware that there's a new Doctor Who. Yeah. So it's a five out of five as a TV landmark. I do think it's nice that they made some effort to tie it into the centenary of the BBC by throwing everything at it from the <laughs> yeah. past. 
even though it didn't particularly work very well, I can see that the effort was made to make it something really special. And I think, on in fairness, on many levels it did work. On many levels it didn't work. As an episode itself, it's not good. As, a, <laughs> as an event piece of television, yes. And it also heralds the start of what I hope is a bright new future. So it is a five out of five for me as a fan. Definitely. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree. I, I had a lot of fun with it. It was stupid and didn't make any sense and there was no story. <laughs> but we we both went into it dreading it, yes. thinking, I mean, he literally could have done anything and just made things a hundred times worse. But he did sort of, he didn't redeem himself. <laughs> don't, be too, don't be too far. <laughs> no, but he did He did make some effort for the, for the last one. Uh, and as you say, he's paved the way for what's going to be a great year next year. Mm. Hurrah. What have you got to round us off? I uh, mentioned earlier <laughs> in the episode, and I think it is worthy of note that we should we should mention Jodie Whittaker. She has been much maligned since uh, since being unveiled as the Doctor, uh, and she hasn't had an easy ride. It has been almost entirely due to the writing and the storyline that she's given. Uh, I think she's a great actress. She's just never been given the chance to prove it. And there's been one or two lines in the whole four or five years that she's been doing it where you sort of think, let's play, let's go with this. And it just never went anywhere. That said, her performance last night was really good. I suspect, as you say, some of those lines were not written by Christian, <laughs> <laughs> which explains it. But also, she's she's such a good ambassador for Doctor Who. She goes to uh, conventions. She's always speaking. She's said already. She's asked uh, Russell T Davis. You know, sort of said it's never too soon to ask me mm. back. I'll be really disappointed if you don't ask me back. And you know, like when we went into the lockdown for COVID, and she recorded that message for the kids. Yeah, uh, you saw, and just just things like that, which. Most of the other actors who play the Doctor would probably have done, but it, I, I just think she sort of, when you mention her as the Doctor, there tends to be a bit of eye-rolling, and I don't think she gets enough credit. There was the same at the time with Colin Baker when he was mm. the Doctor. Um, I, I've always really liked Colin Baker. His performance was, it was nuanced, let's put it that way, <laughs> in, uh, nuanced with the volume turned up to 12. <laughs> but there was a lot going on there to like. It was just a really poorly written period of, of the show there's none of his stories are outright classics mm. and yet he's uh, I don't think you'll have heard any of them but he's been he's done hundreds of episodes on audio and he is really really good his performance that now that he's allowed to play it the way he wants to play it yeah. is wonderful and I think the same will be true of Jodie Whittaker in the future it is just a shame that when they've got the television screen time that's wasted in favour of, oh, she could be really good in the future <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> on a different medium where we can't see them. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've, been, I've not exactly been derisory about Jodie Whittaker, but she is my least favourite Doctor. I, like mm-hmm. I said before, uh, nobody's been bad at it. There have been some less good than others, but yeah. she's bottom of my pound. But as you say, the vast majority of that is down to the writing because that last couple of minutes with her was genuinely good last night. Yes, so well done, Jodie. Yes, well done. Hopefully we'll see you soon. Yes, Queen! Yes, Queen! Yes, Queen! 
that brings us to the end of another exciting episode, Ken. So we will sign off and we'll see you all soon. Yes. Bye. Bye, kids. Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the program was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.